Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. Tis the season. We're just about an hour away from the start of the hockey season for real. Abs don't play today, though. They still have another day to wait uh, until we get into real action. I don't know how true that is, man, because they spent the morning playing with my heart. (laughs) We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about all of it. Um, (laughs) Over the weekend, the Avs did make a a couple of moves. One of them I'm a little confused by. The other one made sense but got done in an extremely confusing way. (laughs) Where do you guys want to start? You want to start with the defenseman or the goalie? Let's just do it in chronological order to try and make sense of all of it. All right. So you get down to you get down to roster day. The abs have to set things up correctly. Uh, they end up putting Francis on I, Francis on IR. They moved him to LTIR today. Not a big deal. That was kind of unnecessary, but setting up their upper limit for a theoretical spot where they could maybe save some money um, against the cap. Doesn't really matter. What does matter is they claim off of waivers Ivan Prozvatov, which I don't I don't get it. So I'll let you guys try and explain it. Maybe you guys get it more than I do. Whoever wants to take it. <laughs> Go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I don't know that this fully explains it, but I think it adds color because obviously LTIR for Pavel Francouz was coming no matter what and I think yeah. the Avs knew this and I do believe that Eustace Anunen has built a lot of trust in his preseason and camp that they want to give him an opportunity at number two but I, I don't think they felt entirely comfortable with the depth depth beyond Eustace Anunen. I think that Arvid Holm was an unknown quantity coming into camp and didn't earn the trust of staff through what he did in Eagles and Avs training camp and it created added concern then after Eustace Anunen, there's this question mark of Trent Minor and Arvind Holm. And I think that was a question mark that the Avs were far too uncomfortable with. Um, it still then creates the question of, well, then what does that mean for Eustace Anunen in the way that this happens? Um, but looking at Prosvitov, he's a goaltender that, <coughs> you know, a coveted prospect, high pedigree, at least from draft year on, that has sort of Arizona became disenchanted with. And this is a goalie farm, Arizona, that is. And so for them to become disenchanted and get Vialta for their American League, presumably starter position in this offseason, didn't bode well for the future for Prosvitov moving forward. 
Um, 24 years old, one of the biggest, youngest goaltenders to hit the waiver wire yet. Also one of the cheapest. We were talking about this before the show, but two-way contract, 775. Here's where it gets interesting, Ben. I'm obviously framing this kind of from an American League lens, and that's where it gets confusing is would the Avs realistically take a risk in putting Prozvitov back through waivers for Arizona just to reclaim him? That's where it gets a little confusing. I think I'm 50-50 personally on whether or not Arizona would reclaim him because it would be a little silly for them to totally move on from this prospect that they've invested in, but I also know that they've become disenchanted with him. But there are still some promising things that could point to this being a goaltender that the Avs especially see a future with because he is so young at 24 years old and has played good games against Colorado specifically that they had a front row view of that might have also painted the possibilities for them in their eyes and what UC Parkla can do with him because the tools for Prozvatov, I'm told, are very good. He's a very athletic, mobile goaltender. Um, the issue has been consistency, and it's particularly been troublesome in important games in the Coachella-Tucson series this last offseason um, for the playoffs at the American League level. He had a really tough finish, and it just it was sort of this recurring theme then of important games where he would let in multiple goals that there was an issue then of his reception to teaching. Um, can he implement some of the guidance that he's receiving, absolutely yes, you would see it for a few games, but it wouldn't be consistently implemented. And so that's where this becomes potentially a project for Colorado. If they see the upside in those raw tools that I'm alluding to and the firm hand of UC Parkla to be the one that guides him at 24 years old and looking at the fickleness of the position of goaltending, I don't want to write Prozvatov off as a backup option for the Avs for this season. I'm just a little puzzled by it generally because of what he has failed to do at the American League level so far. He's not in such a different position from Eustace Anunen, who's had far less pro experience, but has been building more consistency. I'm, I'm still a little puzzled overall is basically where I'm going with this, but I think in the scheme of other goalies that have hit the waiver wire, I can kind of make sense of why this one, just looking at young, cheap, big and potentially too because of where the avs are in the waiver wire a lot of other teams passed on prosvitov and so there's maybe some belief that all right really they're only contending with arizona maybe they wait a month from now until arizona is forced to find an american league alternative for goaltending and they're less likely to reclaim him in a month's time from now and so maybe it's a waiting game that doesn't spell the end for eustace on and end but also gives prosvitov this runway to show what he's made of and there is this contingency plan of if things don't work out they can reassign him there's a risk there of course but maybe in a month's time that risk is mitigated a bit here's my problem with this and you already kind of mentioned the waiver side of it maybe they do get away with that or not i think realistically you're not going to run three goalies in the nhl for very long yeah. it's just not the thing that teams do ever Especially one as close to the cap as the Avs are operating this year. Um, zero dollars at the moment. <laughs> they literally have zero dollars in cap space yeah. right now. Them in Vegas doing fanciful things to hit exactly the cap. Uh, my problem is, by every metric, certainly at the AHL level, Prozvatov is a worse goaltender than Eustace Annan. 
And now you're stuck with this situation where he would have to go through waivers to pass and Annan may end up down in the AHL. And I get there's a decent argument for wanting Annan to have consistent development, all of that. I understand that. But at the same time, the Eagles play five games before October 25th. So it's not like Annan would be missing this huge chunk of the season if he was backing up in the NHL for a little while. And I just don't know that Ivan Prozvatov makes the Avalanche a better hockey team, which, fine, maybe this is a move more for the Eagles, but if you're sitting a guy on your NHL roster, personally, I'm thinking about what he's doing for the Avs. And I just don't see him being a better option than Annan for the Avalanche. So... Yeah, because we've talked about when you claim a guy on waivers, he's on your team. You can't. It's not like you can claim him and month. just freely like send him yep. to the AHL. Like you, like yeah, they could turn on and wave him tomorrow if they wanted to, but pull a Vegas and claim Denisenko. Yeah, and yeah exactly. Him like immediately they, back. they could. They could if they wanted to. They're allowed to. It'd but be like, weird. But like. What was the point of all this is is like if they were to do that, you're like kind of with Vegas with Denisenko, like why? And then, like I, I and with with Prozvatov, you had used this on and had a really good preseason. Yep. I, and like has earned this. So I do think Anthony makes yeah. an okay point in the I chat agree. here is there's a very realistic possibility <clears throat> that the first ten games of the season, the Avs backup just doesn't play. I mean, I don't think they'll do that because then that guy, when he does get into a game, he hadn't played in a month. He's too rusty. Well, what a, I'm saying, okay. and so they might have Prozvatov do that job, okay. ship him back to waivers once that time is gone, and then Annanen comes okay, back. Okay, so Annanen's back on the roster right now. Yeah, right. he's on, he's on the and they're okay. they're carrying, carrying three, three goaltenders at least for the road the trip. trip. Again, yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but the way I see it is, Annanen plays Saturday in San Jose. Saturday in San Jose. That's the way I see it. Um, nothing against Rospitov. Like, you know, nothing against him. I just, what's I think he, he come and sits on the bench, and, and that's what he's doing. You just, you said the 25th of October, uh, Eagles have five games till then? So yeah. those are five games that Anion goes down and plays, and he's not sitting there, and it's not, you know, the summer of three, four months, whatever it was, of not playing real, real meaningful games. And then... You call Eustace back up, and then you uh, put Prospetov back on waivers. Or, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, that's just the way I see it. I look at it. Unless they really see something in this goaltender. You know, again, that's for me, he's a, he's a big goalie. And if you like big goalies, then you'll like him. If you don't like big goalies, then maybe you don't like him. I mean, based you know, on I mean, every I mean, number I mean, he's ever put up in his career, it's hard to think he's going to succeed this year in the NHL. reminds me a little bit of Jordan Johnson, Johnson, a little bit for me. Like, you know, tall guy. and That's just... Is there My take on it, you know. But, any uh, trust earned in what the Avs have done with Georgiev and Kemper in taking a gamble on these goaltenders? Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. They've I been sure. so good at this yeah. position that it's like, look, if you see Parkala's like, hey, this guy was on waivers. We can get this guy. He can back us up for a month. We can see if we like him. Arizona's going to have to decide on some kind of a backup at the AHL level. You know, we, you get through the San Jose game, you demote Annan, you call up Caleb Jones, like your roster is more balanced. The numbers are exactly the same. I get, I, I can get where all of that comes from. Annan goes and plays for the Eagles. Prozvatov sits in your backup job. 
for the next month and you get a month with him in your organization up close look at him in practice and say is this a guy that we actually like is this a guy that we think we can turn into somebody that you know maybe maybe he maybe they really like what they see and they just decide yeah he's just going to be the backup now and, 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 which and, and would be can... weird but like you have a month to yeah. kind of I don't know how much credit they should get for this this tier of goalies. I think they get a ton of credit for guys in the NHL pushing to be starters. Yeah. For this tier of goalies, you're talking about guys like Hunter Miska. You're talking about guys like Jonas Johansson. You mean Tampa Bay starting <laughs> goaltender in an hour? Well, that's Tampa's problem now. All right. And it, to be honest with you, if you get what the Az got out of Jonas Johansson out of Ivan Prozvatov, you're over the moon about it. <laughs> Yes. And they might decide too after you know a certain a short while that they do send him to the minors and and he has to clear waivers. I get that. And then as we know the rule, Arizona can claim him. Maybe they don't claim him. And then he is that guy down in you know with the Eagles. And you get to work with him down there on a daily basis with Peter Budai and you know it's a free goalie. Yeah. Um, I got I got no problem with that. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so that's I mean I think that's. Basically, where it's at, I agree with everything Megan's saying. I think you're saying. I think mm. we're all saying the same thing. It just, it's just it feels like a weird situation. It, it, no, but I, it I think does. it's the Absolutely. way that it unfolded. Yeah. Like with with like because because them claiming a goaltender. So we we talked about the entire preseason. We were like they could claim a goalie. There's gonna be a bunch of goalies that are gonna pass through waivers. Yeah, we went through these goalies off live like five times. And it was yeah. like none of these are better than Eustace Anandin. Well, and and that, like, was, that was our thing. But also like if you want to keep Anandin in game shape, you want to keep him into a rhythm. You like what you've seen, but you don't want him to stop playing. This is the best solution. This is like the smartest way to go about your business for the next three to four weeks. Like however long it's gonna end up being. This is a pretty clever way to do it, honestly. And the way that. The way that when you throw in, like, uh, it's a separate thing, but it's all part of the roster math. When you throw in the Caleb Jones thing as well at the end of it, it's like you can see a path forward of what they're going to do and then what they've said. We we felt pretty comfortable they were going to claim somebody the other day going into that morning because they had put half the league on waivers and the abs were at, like, what, 20, 21 players and... It was like, this is setting up for them to claim somebody. And we were all thinking about Dylan Coughlin and defensemen and all that. Which we'll get to. But, (laughs) uh, you know, okay. I was thinking about Dylan Coughlin. Like, you know, this whole Carolina thing. But, like, it it was, it, it, it ends up when you look at the totality of all of them. And you say, okay, for the next five days, they'll carry, they'll carry three goaltenders. If they carried three goaltenders and six defensemen for the whole road trip, then I'm confused. But if we're right in in kind of throwing this dart and saying they'll carry three goalies, on and in plays in San Jose, then after that game, no matter what happens, even if he gets a shutout, no matter what happens, they demote him and they call yeah. up Caleb Jones. This makes way more sense. And Preston hasn't been here at practice, hasn't been one time with the avalanche and you know get on that's, the road that's, that's a good tough. way to yeah it's tough i mean there's i don't know how good is the language barrier is to i mean i know he's been around for a while i'm yeah, sure it's got to be decent here, yeah so I he, think did, he should be fine but you never know you know God, if still, he's not no. but no. he can do cartwheels <laughs> kind of <laughs> that's what counts trademark cartwheels <laughs> no i i really do i think that this is insurance for Arvid Holm not being a comfortable goaltender as their three. Yeah. I think they needed somebody that, 
even if that does put Eustace Anunin in that spot, and it's also for the benefit of Eustace Anunin in giving him starts in Loveland. Genuinely think that's also a big part of it. So I, I look at it this way, right? If you had Prozitov not having to go through waivers, they would probably have sent him down to start the season. And then after Anunin plays his game in San Jose or whichever one, they would swap him. Instead, because of the waivers, they're not going to send Brosewood off town. They're going to run three goalies for five days or whatever and then send it in and down. Great. I think they are calling up a D. Just based on how Bednar was very careful in his language of yeah. we're leaving with six yeah. D. I did not really commit like to coming seven. home with six. Exactly. <laughs> and he, he did readily admit, too, like we're going to reevaluate when we are there after a game or so because yeah. he prefers to carry seven. So I think this is very realistically how this could play out. And, Which, and of course, you have the you do have the insurance of Josh Manson's not ready to go of whatever. And yeah. for one, this would suggest a lot of confidence that they think Josh Manson is ready, at least for tomorrow. Well, certainly we'll in see game after the one. game. Yeah. But like there is the, always the insurance and they've made it clear they don't want to do this. But if they absolutely have to, instead of running 5D, Curtis McDermott is right there. He can play six minutes. Yeah. He's right there. So, yep. like, there is a little bit of that added value, again, of Curtis McDermott. Like, where does that value come in? They obviously, again, you don't want to do that, but it could be done instead of just running 5D in one of these games. Because you're, you're basically saying, let's just get through two games, and then we'll we'll make this swap. Because, again, if they if they come home with this roster... <laughs> I'm going to be a little surprised. I'm confused. Yeah. Well, and this leads us to the Caleb Jones conversation. Carolina waves him. He clears. Carolina does not have an AHL team. They assign him to the Colorado Eagles in the AHL. Yeah. All of this played out yesterday. Yeah. And then we wake up this morning or, well, normal people had probably been awake for a few hours. I woke up this morning <laughs> and Caleb Jones is an app. <laughs> I was in an MRI machine when it happened. <laughs> well, I mean. That's clearly, I mean, those conversations happen all the time. I always say, if you go on waivers, is because you've contacted 31 teams. That's You don't just throw someone on waivers. You, you make sure that you could get something for that someone. And um, the easiest thing to do is, is, is to make a deal beforehand. Of course, they had a deal done beforehand with Caleb yeah. Jones. Pass him through waivers. Once he's passed... We don't want to add a contract, right? We always talk about the number of contracts. They added the Prosbatov. I hate that name. God, <laughs> you guys say it. They added a contract in the goalie without dropping one. So now your number goes up. And, and it's an uneasy feeling in management when you're getting close to that 50. It's just, AJ did it that one time. Next thing you know, you're at 50. You don't even know it. You're mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, what did we do? So you can't just sign everybody. So now they go, if Caleb Jones goes through, then I'm going to give you the option to, you know, uh, well, Callahan Burke or Rudo or AJ or Eric or Megan. You guys decide which one you want. And then it's a contract for a contract. You're not adding yeah. on contracts. Well, it, it's also about the Evs having the flexibility. There, and then right? you have yeah. the flexibility. The guy's already gone through waivers. So now you have a guy that's right there for 30 days or 10 games, not and or, even though in cap friendly it does say... <laughs> And and it's a mistake. It's, no, it's, it's an or. It's yeah. an or. Yeah, and we all know that. But some people they don't want them to read the and say we're wrong. But it's it's thirty days or ten games. You have the flexibility. Same with Riley Tufty. He went through. He's down. Now you have that flexibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It and the Cal Burke like 
it's no offense to Cal Burke. He got a couple of games in Denver yeah. last year, but with Caleb the way that Jones they redid regular NHLer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the way that they redid the forward core with all the college free agents, like they had they've had the Cal Burke's been in the organization for several years now. They know yeah. kind of where he is and where he isn't. And in order to get this swap for them, I I don't I don't get it for Carolina. Yeah, I don't really either, to be honest with you. But, I mean, you were talking about, hey, it's better than future considerations, right? And, again, that's where the contracts come in. The Avs stay at 46 after claiming Prozvatov. They're at 46 right now. And, again, I will say you have to you have to keep in mind Sean Barron's is going to get signed at the end of the year, and we'll count. his. It, it, will, it will start immediately, so you're really at 47. And then you have a trade deadline of, like, you want that flexibility. So... You know, this just feels like tidy business to me. We talked about Caleb Jones all summer as a guy for like, hey, as a six seven, as a guy that might be able to take Jack Johnson's job or to be uh, Josh Manson injury insurance. Like Caleb, Caleb Jones is a really good fit here. Let me ask you this, Megan, and, and you can go off on anything else they've <clears> said too. But is Caleb Jones the seven? Is he? Does he jump Brad Hunt in the order immediately? I think he's going to get the look sooner. Okay. One, Fair because enough. they need to see how he fits in a Colorado Avalanche lineup sure. opposite of NHL caliber talent, and they know what Brad Hunt is. And I think the other thing is Caleb Jones does bring something a little different from Brad Hunt. Definitely. And I think he is what they're looking for for a bottom pairing defenseman a little bit more than Brad Hunt. I think Brad Hunt has the reliability and the consistency, familiarity maybe is the better word, um, that they're looking for. And he, he moves the puck well, but I don't know that they're looking for that on their bottom pair because they have four defensemen ahead of him who are pretty good at that. Three defensemen ahead of him who are pretty good at that. Josh Manson's adequate. I I, um, I take that back a little bit. I amend it. But I think they're looking for a little bit more size and physicality at the bottom of that. And I think Caleb Jones better brings that than some of the other defensemen that you're looking at for next man up outside of Keaton Middleton, who is also a different type of player and I, I just don't think that's also what they're looking for because they kind of have a little bit of that let's be real keaton middleton has three games of nhl experience he's like poor man's jack johnson caleb jones has a couple hundred games of yeah, nhl experience and and i think you're exactly right as something aj alluded to earlier how far healthy is josh manson yeah if you're looking for a guy to replace his role caleb jones starts to make a lot more sense than brad hunt well, and, and Brad Hunt's also your AHL captain. He cleared waivers. So now if you want your captain of the... And this was a thing that was certainly Megan could speak to better than I could, but it was a big problem in Loveland last year. A lot of their leadership group just was not present because it, it they had to call guys up to the Avs just to get through certain several weeks of the season. And so a lot of that development, a lot of that, a lot of that leadership was missing from your AHL club. And that's an important part of that process. A part of the, you know, it's, it's not just developing, oh, you're getting better as a hockey player, but you're learning to be a pro. You're understanding how to practice. You're understanding how to improve your game. And some of that comes from leadership. And a guy like Brad Hunt is going to be really valuable in that regard at your AHL level. And so this puts less pressure on you as an organization to try and lean on him. He becomes, and we've talked about it, he's probably more suited uh, to be a number eight than a number seven. And now he gets to do that, but he also gets to do what should be his number one function in your organization, which is to be the captain of the Eagles. 
So he gets to stay there and do that. And Caleb Jones gets to spend a week in Loveland and then hopefully get called up to the avalanche at some point and start to push Jack Johnson for that job. Not just Josh Manson insurance, but like he should be pushing because if you look at you look at his career, that is a guy. Caleb Jones is a guy that we talked about him all summer for a reason. That's a guy with very solid underlings as a two way defenseman in a sheltered role. He's not he's not going to come in and confuse anybody with being a second pairing guy or a guy that you want to play 18 minutes a night every night. But as a guy that's going to give you 15 to 17 can moonlight a little bit all over the all over the ice if you need. And in Colorado, they don't need him to play offense. They don't need a power play guy. So there's no concern there. He can do all these things, but also fit into your general style and not be a major miscast here and improve the floor of your roster. It's just it's why we talked about him as a as a player of interest all summer. And then they make this deal and you're like, great. They finally did bring a Jones brother to Denver. Great way of doing business. And, you know, again, I, I heard someone yesterday say, uh, not yesterday, today say, could have got him for free. What kind of business is that? Now you have to give an asset, Cal it, Amber. It's all no, about the flexibility. Exactly. So, yeah. so I thought it was awesome. I think he becomes your seven today. I think he is your seven. Uh, it could potentially be your sixth, depending on how yeah. this thing starts, or whether it's Jack or, you know, again, Jack Johnson's getting older. You're going to have to manage his games and all that stuff, right? So it's, again, it's sometimes you don't like as an older player to, to do that. But I think Jack Johnson might have to do that this year. Yeah. Where you have to sit 20, 30 games. And Caleb Jones played 30 games last year on the right side, even though he's a left shot D. So he can play left and play right. He is molded for the Next abs. to Jack Johnson. There you go. He, he, he is molded for the abs. He likes to, you know, his feet are good. He likes to activate, you know, whatever. And move the puck for for the skilled forwards that there are here. And I, I think that Brad Hunt solidifies what we talked about the other day. He is the guy down there. And Brad Hunt, you don't have to worry about him. He can not play an NHL game till Christmas. He's going to come and give you that exact same thing that night at Christmas. You know what I mean? Even though he hasn't played, let's say, the first few months in the NHL. You know mm -hmm. what you're getting in him. So I think it gives them flexibility. All of a sudden, Brad Hunt is down there, does a great job with Malinsky. Does a great mm -hmm. job with the guys that need some some tutoring down there. And then Caleb Jones is way ahead of those guys. Caleb mm -hmm. Jones is ahead of Sam Malinsky today. So it's a great way of you – know, I think it's imminent before we see him. I think we're all in agreement with that. And I think it was a just great way of doing business. You address the worst part of your roster for free. Yep. I mean, you know, you move a guy in Calberk that wasn't really part of your plan. And, you know, Burke was a great, like, culture guy in Loveland. He was really well-liked and was a try-hard and fan favorite and all those things. But, like, on an NHL deal, this is my, maybe as valuable as it gets for a guy like that, you know, that, that you can get moved for a guy that could be in your top seven defenseman for a guy that maybe wasn't one of the top 20 forwards in the organization after every after all the additions that they had made over the summer and when guys get healthy and all that. And I love that Cal Burke doesn't have to leave. He is on loan in Colorado. He's roots planted here because he has been a part of the Eagles organization now yeah. for a little while, just had a baby this last year. And so his wife and family don't have to be uprooted. And I actually awesome. think this is a wonderful component that was probably not an accident. I actually have this yeah. feeling that the Avs tried to maneuver this in this way so that it could be possible for Calbert to stay a part of the Eagles group. Because the point about Brad Hunt helping a player like Malinsky is actually such an important one. 
there were some players around camp, some journeyman types. I overheard talking about the importance for American League guys to have some of those journeymen, veteran players in the lineup and how they felt like the league was moving away from that and they were seeing rosters get younger and younger, but they personally didn't feel that was for the benefit of young players and that they need to have that kind of leadership in the older players in a lineup. That's exactly what Brad Hunt does. And even in preseason games, whoever he was paired alongside, it was often a younger player. They were made better playing alongside him. And I think this is still better for the bottom line of Sam Malinsky, even though Caleb Jones does jump ahead of him in that, right? He has the pro experience that Sam Malinsky doesn't, but Malinsky's going to get pro experience with a true pro in Brad Hunt, their captain. And I think that's a wonderful, Bingo. understated part in all of it. And I said smart way of doing business, Rudolph. You get traded or you get picked up on waivers. The home team, meaning the, the team that picked you up or traded for you, has to give you a place to stay, like a hotel room for 30 mm -hmm. days. And look at the abs. They save on a hotel room because now he gets to go and live with his dad, right? Assistant coach <laughs> for the night. See that smart way of doing business? Uh, just to reinforce your point, Megan, the list of defensemen you put out the other day for the Colorado Eagles. Let's assume Caleb Jones moves up to the avalanche at some point. Brad Hunt is the only guy on that list with significant NHL experience. Sean Middleton, Malinsky, Schooneman, Clearman, Amat, Fairbrother. They're, look, I'm all for youth. I, I have long That's been a proponent of there are too many vets in the AHL. One defenseman with real NHL experience, you need at least one. You need at least one. It is tough. I like Schooneman, too. I think he like is close to that, providing that for them, but he's not Brad Hunt. And then you look at their forward group and their babies, actually. Yeah, yeah actual yeah. children. So yeah. they do need some adults <laughs> in the lab. They're like old babies, though, because a lot of them are like 23, 24, 25. You know, like... They're you know. old babies but, with no pro experience. But, but, yeah. But Middleton, um, you know, number five. Say his name again. Amit. Amit. I, I, I actually... The way it's spelled, I hate it. But Amit, those guys are all good to pitch a few innings. They're okay to come up oh, for a yeah. couple games. I think they showed it in preseasons. Like, guys like that... Right now, the stage of their career, they can come up, and I agree with Rudo. Like, Huntsy, leave him down there right now, you know. And if you need someone for a game or two, like you can, you can see what you got in those kids, and you know the couple of them. But let them develop, let them mature with Huntsy down there, and let him do his job down there. That's why you got him. And if something becomes like last year, imminent for him that he has to be here for forty some games, then you got the flexibility. Yep. small piece of this is also that if you really if you have an injury or two on your defense you aren't beholden to calling Brad Hunt just, yeah. but also if you so if you were wanted to call up a Sam Molinsky just for example you don't have to worry about waivers yep. you know not that you're like losing sleep over Brad Hunt getting claimed he's obviously passed through once but it just makes, you know, when you get to December, organizational needs change because of injuries, because of, we saw last year with the Eagles, they made two trades for two AHL deals for yes. future considerations, just magic bean deals to get defensemen just because they needed the bodies. They needed guys that could play back there. And so organizational needs change all the time. And just as a small little piece of this, it knocks Brad Hunt down that, that, that slot, just one more spot so that if... They do need the help. They could call up a Sam Malinsky ahead of him and not. And, and if, you know, however long he's here, if he's here for a weekend, then he just goes back and it's fine. 
And they don't have to worry about, oh, hey, we called up Brad Hunt for two games. We tried to get him through waivers, and some team claimed him because Anaheim. they needed help. <laughs> yeah, well, Anaheim claimed Ross Johnston today. Ross Johnston, who's awful <laughs> and on a multi-year deal. Like, it was the Pepper Beak is like, you have a shitty fourth-line guy out there that I'm, I want him. Uh, Teams are now terrified of putting those guys on waivers. This is what happens when we take a three-day weekend. We have a 31-minute first segment. Of the uh, yes. They did too many things. <laughs> we, are, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Distillery. You can go get their award-winning bourbon whiskey today in all 50 United States. Go to breckdistillery.com. You can order it for delivery near you. You can also... Win two tickets to the New Year's Eve game of the Broncos versus the Chargers. Mm. You can go to a suite, enjoy yourself, even if the Broncos do suck. Uh, use hashtag Broncos Bourbon over on Instagram with your favorite Broncos photos. I highly recommend you get some photos of those new helmets they've got because those are kind of sick. Uh, go check so it out. Uh, get your photos in with the Broncos Bourbon hashtag. They'll narrow down their favorites on December 1st. And then there will be a fan vote over at BreckenridgeDistillery.com slash Bourbon of Denver Broncos. Get in on the action. They also have tons of other alcohol, whether you like seltzers or vodka. They have options for you. Check them out again. BreckenridgeDistillery.com for home delivery. Uh, Also brought to you by Kind Love. If alcohol is not your thing, maybe marijuana is. Kind Love, one of the OG dispensaries in Colorado. They've been around since 2010. You can use code DNVR in store to get 20 Five percent off your purchases of flour, turbo joints, gummies, you name it, whatever product it is you're looking for. All of it is uh, farm to table. They grow their own stuff and then they sell it in their own dispensaries. Uh, tons of different options, including a get it while it's hot flour shelf, uh, one eighths for 20 bucks out the door and ounces for a hundred bucks. So pretty good deals as far as weed is concerned. Back in my college days, an ounce for a hundred bucks was a steal. So <laughs> yeah, well, when you were getting your weed from a dude named Jerry with a backpack. Yeah, well. Yeah, you know, the green, the medical cards started coming in right around my right time in, that in college. Era? Yeah. yeah, so my buddies had some back problems for sure. But a little glaucoma. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to deal with any of that now. You can just go to Kind Love, get your 25% off with the code DNVR. You can also visit their website, kindlove.com, for online ordering and their full extensive menu. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Before we dive into a season preview, Megan, you've been around the rink, both the Eagles and the Avs practices for our three days off, I suppose. What's what's the vibe? What's the news? How's Bednar feeling? How are the boys feeling about uh, about the upcoming season? What's the haps? What's the haps? I feel like there's so much, but it's also not that. Look, we, we can have an no, hour and a half show. No, no, Let's... We, do, we don't need to do The vibes are good, though. Um <laughs> I, with Eagles specifically, it does feel a little bad because they had a lot of ice trouble. Um, and so Blue Arena, they weren't able to practice in their home arena throughout the course of their camp. And they were shuffling around to random rinks in the vicinity for their camp week. And so that just kind of set the tone as they're already needing to be very versatile and adjust to things That's on the nice fly. That's a nice way to put it. Um, I, so I, I felt sympathy for them. Like, the vibes were bad, maybe, in that sense. Um, but as far as the product on the ice, I mean, it was an extension of the things that we were excited for. Like, Ivan Ivan still looks awesome. and Still got a great name. Best Ivan in the name. organization. Best, 
sad. Not wrong. <laughs> so, so in that sense, it was good. But that is where I did get the feeling that there is some goaltending concerns deeper than sure. Yusufan and in Pavel Frantos. Um, and why I think coming into that Monday, goaltending was on my mind more than it was defensemen because you do look at the depth and and that appears to still be very good. Um, Steinberg looked great in the scrimmage as well. So positive, yeah. So positive still there. Um, and I think Olausen is due to take a big step forward. Everything that's been said from both coaches has been this obvious improvement in his strength and just the need for it to be consistent. So that, that'll be the Eagles update. I won't drag that on any longer. <laughs> Can I ask a follow up real quick? Yes. Do you think the light bulb went on for Oscar Olausen? I, I don't know. He's a hard person to read mm -hmm. because he is not as animated as other players, but he obviously cares a lot. He put a lot of effort into his training this off season and had some of the best physicals he's ever had. He put on weight in a good way and appears to be using it mm -hmm. in an effective way as well. Um, so that's a player who obviously cares, but I don't know if it's clicked because it's going to be a consistency thing. And mm -hmm. I felt like even in the preseason, it's like he had these flashes and I just need to see that persist through the course of the season, especially if there are going to be call-ups and things of that such. Like, I don't know if he's going to have a lot more consistency than he did last year in terms of line mates and opportunity, but I think it will be better. So he has been, he's rolled out a red carpet of opportunity for what is ahead of him this year. And there's a lot of internal competition to also motivate him and light a little bit of a fire under him. I really like the call out of needing consistency. You saw the second half of the AHL season last year. He kind of cratered. Um, like you said, the skill is absolutely there, though. I think he was dealing with something. Um, Definitely possible. Uh, but, Roddy, but as Eric loves to say, everybody's always dealing with something. Everyone's always oh, hurting. It is. <laughs> it is. And, and I think... And, and they try to be something they're not. And I think with him, he's got high skill. He's got some good size. He's going to have to figure it out how, especially Jared Bednar, wants him to play. Because if you don't play the way Jared Bednar wants you to play, you're not going to play. And that's not just Jared Bednar. That's any coach in the NHL, right? Mm -hmm. Success rides on their wins and losses. So he needs to figure out um, how to be consistent at the AHL level where he's going to come in at the NHL level and try to get a spot. And then you always hear that and never look back. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and say, this is what I am. I'm a you know, third-line left winger with a good shot that can be on the second power play. And this is what I am. And I'm all three zones are very reliable. I'm not um, a wild card, you know, so yeah. to speak. Right? As he can be a little bit at times. Well, last year. Absolutely. Last year, right? Did Megan put you up to bringing this? <laughs> Do you know the can they, they can't really see this. It's a Colorado Thunderbirds. <laughs> Take it right there. Uh, no, but uh, so I think it's just uh, it's a matter of identity for him. You know what I mean? And, and I think that I feel good about the forwards in Loveland. I do. Because, you know, Olin, Steinberg, guys like that. Like, I think they can come up and pitch a few innings. Um, I didn't feel as good on D, but now with the Mm. Well, we talked about the first segment for an hour and a half. We feel better, you know, mm. about that pickup. Friday, have you had practice Friday? The Eagles? Yeah. I think they did skate. I was oh, not this there. Oh, this Friday, this Friday. Oh. Or they, they have an extra show of preseason. They play, I think. Play. Yeah. Uh, Grand Rapids, I think. 
Yeah, that, that's the second Away. of the back-to-back, oh, right? Because they play the 13th and 14th, I think. Let's see. Do we... Because they changed names of the rink, you said. Blue, yeah. yeah sorry, I just want to make sure I wasn't there. I guess it'd be the, it'd be the front of the... Ba- that'd be their season opener on the 13th, I think. Do we know John Luke Foodie's status? Like any kind of a timeline? I just there's it feels like it's been radio silence on him since camp started. Yeah. So I'm just well, curious. and it's not for a lack of asking. <laughs> oh, I um, believe that. <laughs> but unfortunately, gosh, I don't even want to like aggravate the confusion that surrounds Foodie because that is the best way to describe it. Um, Last year, it was described as both upper and lower body designations at different times. So I was left wondering what the designation actually was. Body injury? More recently, it's lower body is the designation I've received for what he's been rehabbing. And even people closer to the situation than I am are still confused. They're like, I'm still not exactly sure what he's rehabbing. And so it's a little bit mysterious. I'm obviously not to the people who need to know that kind of thing. So I'm obviously not on the need to know basis. But I know there was some concern because players like Jadlika were rehabbing for a while, briefly around the Avs facility, and Foodie hadn't been seen in a minute. Yeah. And he has been rehabbing with the Eagles staff. But because of the arena and ice issues that have happened, that's not something that has been observable to us. And so I don't know if he's been on the ice specifically either because I don't know if the ice has been available. So I don't have any reason to believe that he's taken some kind of step back. Okay. He's just in the shadows of the Eagles' care at this point. And (laughs) I have heard he's expected to return to the group, presumably in like a no-contact jersey like Mm. Alex Bocage, soon. So nothing has gotten worse. You know, it's still moving forward, trending in the right direction. I just don't have a lot of clarity on what the issue was. And the timeline, as far as like his return to play, is... Like Uncertain. A lot of Avs fans a little bit gun shy after the whole Landeskog thing last year. <laughs> it does feel like people are a little more on edge of yeah. like, are I we think, sure he's ever coming yeah. back? No, no, I, it's it's not unfounded because he did. You know, we didn't have eyes on him for a while, but it's just because this is very standard for the Avs to have players rehab with the Eagles staff, and then they just sort of get out of focus for a minute there. Like they, they do this all the time. So I wouldn't worry about it on that front. Um, and everything seems to be trending in the right direction, but no better timeline for his return to play. Do you want to take this Avenue towards the abs locker room at the NHL level? I think I know the answer to this, but as did blow a couple of leads in preseason, is there any thought about that on their mind or is they're, they're just ready to start the season and get going? The main roster guys like returning players yeah. are so done with preseason, <laughs> so checked out, and just so ready to begin the season. Among both. The new additions actually were kind of grateful for the extra runway, sure. um, but even still, they weren't playing alongside in each of those games who they're going to be playing with come sure. the start of the regular season. So there's also excitement building from them. I think one of the, the greatest takeaways was today – Miles Wood was talking about how he's never seen anything like this in his life. The way that Nathan McKinnon pushes players day in and day out. It's Michael edge. Jordan, I'm telling you. And he, he cited the Michael Jordan documentary. And this was funny because I was talking to Freddie Olofsson about how he's had maybe a positive impact being around these guys in practice, playing opposite of them. And he talked about the same thing without naming names specifically that 
they are not afraid to tell you when you've done something wrong. And they do it, you know, in a, a polite enough way, but they will say, <laughs> hey, you need to fix this. You need to do this differently and McKinnon better. won't do it in was, a very polite way. Say, just, just, just being at all the practices I've been at where Nathan McKinnon has speared his stick into the stands or a bench or something, and it's like... So I think this encapsulates the vibe right now, though. It's pretty dialed up, because actually Nathan McKinnon... I, with a couple other reporters, braved talking to him after a difficult practice because he was visibly frustrated. He was like yelling. He was very upset. And someone had the bright idea, like, we should go talk to him and see how he's doing. And he was very nice and entertained the questions. He's very tolerant of us. But he was so eager to just be playing hockey where the points actually matter in the standings and you could tell. And so I think it bodes well then for just the attitude of the group on the whole, everything we've been hearing from the new additions talks about the standard for the culture and how high it's been set. And I think these are little glimpses into just how high that standard has been set. And Andrew Cogliano, I actually asked him, I didn't mean this in a bad way, but like he has had a unique perspective, a bird's eye view of these preseason games. And his impression of the team is that the front office got exactly the players that they needed and that they're a bigger, stronger, faster team to play against this year. And I think that sums it up really well, just sort of the vibe around the room, how the new additions fit, because multiple players said these guys gel really well, so they're just a good cultural fit. It's The vibes are good around the Avs room. I just love bigger, stronger, and faster. What's left? It's a Daft Punk song at this point. You just, you just got <laughs> a lot better then. If you're bigger, stronger, and faster, I mean, you're better in every it's facet true. of the game. Eric... Yep. When you join a new team, you get to this point in the preseason. When when did the opening day jitters start? Are you spending the day before like trying to pour over everything, make sure you got all the new systems right, or is it really just you wake up on opening day and you're good to go? Uh, you know, uh, they do such a good job nowadays, and those coaches are so dialed in, and they have all the video, and new guys come in. They know their stuff. By the time they get on the ice for the first preseason game, they're good to go. Um I mean, to answer one of your questions there is, oh, boy, you can't wait till the season starts. I mean, those preseason games, they mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> it just means something for, for example, last week when the Avs were up by a goal and then you put some guys out there that you normally wouldn't mm. put, right? You put them to the test and some of them failed because, you know, like the, the what is it, the three-goal comeback. And, you know, they're, mm. again, it's a coach is trying to do something. They're just to see how those kids are going to react. And they, it shows you they're not ready for the NHL. That's why they're not here today on the roster. And other than that, it means <laughs> nothing. And then you're just excited to, to get going. And I think this is outstanding this year because they do have some new guys like Tola Colton and Wood and Tatar. And you're going on the road. There's no better place to be than on the road to start the season, to, to get so excited, like you said, to get the jitters out. They're getting on the... What time is it right now? They're probably on the plane right now, right? You know, they're going to California. It's awesome. <laughs> Team meal somewhere. You get to know the guys. You get to know each other. And then it's just so much easier. Uh, less distractions on the road. And and I do believe that this is going to be a fantastic year for the Avs. And, and I think that I'd rather be on a road trip like this than to be in Finland. Like last oh, year. Oh, mm-hmm. easily. So just <laughs> being on. Difference. Nothing against Finland. It's just... A That's a long trip. Yeah. Yeah. A little a against start. Finland just for being so <laughs> no, far yeah, away. You know what I mean. I'd be honest. Small yeah. part of you rooting for L.A. tomorrow? No, my friend. I, I, I'm being honest. I'm an Avs fan. This is my Avs family. This, this is family for me. And I do believe this is going to be an outstanding year. I do believe the Kings are going to have a great year. 
Dano's going to win the sulky. Not a big deal. <laughs> Not a big deal, but he's going to win the sulky. He can't. And then why? Because Nico Heischer is going to win it. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, okay. No, but everybody can. Sean Couturier right now. <laughs> no, but I do believe the Kings are going to have a good year. Um, wish nothing but the best to my good friend there. But I do believe the Avs start strong this year, and I think it, their schedule is just perfect for them to get a good start after what sounded like a, a weird year last year, you know what I mean? Even though they won the division and got a gazillion points. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but it just never felt in sync all year long. And I do believe they started the right foot on the right foot this year. It is really weird to talk about this year versus last year, where last year it was like, well, they're banged up. There's no Landy. What's going on? You've got to get through, you know, uh, they had so many injuries in the first month of the season. You know, Darren mm -hmm. Helm wasn't ready to go. A couple of guys had second surgeries on things that they had gotten done over the summer. Everybody was tired. It was a short off season. Nothing went right all season long, uh, other than career years from your best players and Alexander mm -hmm. Georgiev being fantastic, and you still win the division. Like, you had a 109-point season. It was something like the fifth best avalanche regular season ever, and it felt awful. Every day of last season felt awful. And this year, it's like I can feel... Just everybody talking about it. The excitement just from us of just like watching an actual hockey team get to play as it was built because that didn't happen last season. And the pieces feel like they fit better. The depth feels better. The best guys feel like they're going to be incredible this year. Like the optimism right now is really starting to hit pretty peak levels here. And, and there's one thing I, I we we talked about it, but not today. I love the fact, and again, I'll be careful in my words, because Gabe Landeskog is one of my favorite players of all time, favorite abs of all time. I was part of the leadership group that named him the youngest captain in the history of the league. So that's how much I love Gabe Landeskog. I do. On that note, last year, what you're saying right there is, we were always waiting for Gabe to come back, right? You know, mm -hmm. oh, he's coming back in two months. And then, whoop, two months went by. Oh, he's coming back in two more months. Mm -hmm. I like the fact this year that it's, Cut dry, he's not coming back until playoffs. And like, or if he sneaks onto the ice in like March or April, and the players <laughs> know this, and then like it's a different yeah. approach of like he's out there because he yeah. was practicing, he was doing morning skates, yeah. and then it was like he just never came back. Yeah. yeah. And this year, there's no expectations that you have to worry that, about. That's what I he's mean. gone. He's just he's not part of this. That's why I don't want my my words, you know, to be missing. I love the guy. I love him. I do. I, I just the situation this year, I like it better than last year, yep. where last year was just dragging. And I think the same can be said about Francois. I think the Avs learned yeah. a little bit last year, you know, from that. And maybe in your mind now, you, you, you don't know when Frankie's going to be back. And maybe you just say, you know what? Maybe he's just not coming back for the foreseeable future. I mean, future. you throw and him on LTIR before the season starts, not a great sign. Yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. when he's back, we'll deal with it. Sure. And until then, we'll spend the money. Which is what they didn't get to do with Landeskog last year. They yep. didn't get to spend any of that money because they kept thinking he was going to be back. Yep. So and like then by the time, even by even by deadline day, it was he's going to be back at the start of the postseason, maybe a week or two before to get some games, whatever. And so they couldn't spend any of that money. So just from a purely business perspective, the position that they're in, having already spent, they're, they're at zero dollars in cap space. They're already in a much better position than they were a year ago. Agree. Uh, okay. Any more rink storylines, or should we get into a season? It preview? was just kind of um, 
update on Cogliano because yeah. we went from seeing him in a red no contact jersey, knowing he's on target for opening night, yeah. and the language around it kind of changed in the last couple of days that it's a, well, we'll see, and there's <laughs> no rush. And I'm not personally worried because he said that he's completely healed from this fracture. And the issue now is comfortability, honestly. He has been, you know, practicing in a regular jersey, has been, by all accounts, full go. And he described wanting to make sure that the muscles around the neck feel good, feel strong, was the word he used, and that he personally feels confident. And so I actually think that Andrew Cogliano is healthy. I am not worried about Andrew Cogliano. I think that he is just waiting to feel mentally comfortable and confident to resume full contact of a game because that was a pretty jarring and horrific injury. And so I think he just, because of the way he likes to play specifically, is making sure he feels 100% before he greenlights that. So if we don't see him in L.A., for example, I'm not hitting the panic button at all. There's nothing that can replace taking your first real hit, right? It, nope. It's going to be a question mark until someone runs into him in a real game and he goes, oh, okay, I'm okay. And his neck doesn't break? Yeah. <laughs> what? What a crazy, standard, man. right? It's just crazy. Uh, are we? Do we have time? Are the Nuggets in here? Or are we chilling in B? I think we're good in B today. Okay. Speaking that's, of what I, that's what I assumed. Yeah. I Speaking of sure. ring, too, you got new boards going. And new boards and glass, just yeah. like at Ball Arena going at Family Sports. Can so we just get a awesome. whole new facility? Oh, you missed <laughs> yeah. this conversation earlier. Yeah, we were talking about this. Oh, you guys will spend all that money on new boards, but oh, it's too expensive to build something. Uh, on that note, I got a DraftKings pick of the week for you. Evs, plus 155 to win in regulation tomorrow. I mean, anytime the Avs are dogs, it's, it's you take that pretty money. good You take that bet. money, yeah. You can take it where you can get it. I get it, opening night, the weird, weird vibes, all that. Avs have been pretty good mm. in opening nights. They haven't been very good in L.A. the last couple of years. They've won games. <sighs> Even back then. They've won games because they, they just had a stretch starting in the COVID season where they won like nine games in a row against yeah. the Kings. <laughs> that ended last season. And the Kings had... At least the one big, I think they had comebacks in both games in Denver. And then they thoroughly outplayed the Avs in that one game in L.A. Uh, that the Avs had no business winning yeah. and uh, won that. And I'm curious to see, because the Kings, this is like a big thing for L.A. too, because they're the grand experiment. This is supposed to be their new era. Yeah. Two and a half million dollars at the goaltending position with a old and beaten up Cam Talbot, yeah, Phoenix Copley. Drop six on them game one. Well, they might you, go, be going, oh God. And well, and you have <laughs> you do have the conversation about, you know, you have your own big excitement. You made a huge offseason move. You gave up three roster players for Pierre Luc Dubois. Yep. And and you know, like uh, he's a good player. He's been unhappy in both of his NHL destinations. Do we ever get to see a happy Dubois? No. <laughs> is this a is this the first time we're going to see a fresh start where he he can't complain because he he played a role in the process of where he wanted to go because we know the Avs checked into it and he didn't want to sign a one year deal and then hit free agency. He wanted to get paid, paid, paid. He got that. He's got the security. He's tied to L.A. He's now one of the faces of that franchise out there. I'm just kind of curious. I, I just kind of am curious. And 
One of these teams is probably one of the one of them has to lose, but opening night produces a lot of teams that just are not ready well, that fall flat. You can go with Eric's bet and take Denota in the Selkie if you're yeah. not feeling the abs. Do you uh, know what the odds are on that? I don't. I don't okay. know. I, I bet they'd be pretty Come good because so. he's yeah. going to be behind Kopitar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, either way, you can get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets mm-hmm. when you bet $5 on the NFL. That's code DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles LA. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and Responsible gaming resources. Uh, also brought to you by us. Great time to become a diehard if you are wanting your Avalanche content and coverage. I'm sure you've seen all of the videos here on YouTube we've been posting in the lead up, whether it be division predictions or Avalanche season previews. If you haven't watched those, go watch it after this podcast. We also have a ton of content on the website coming your way as the season kicks up and starts rolling. Uh, I know we have a bunch of awesome things planned including at least three takeovers of ball arena mm-hmm. so get you get yourself ready for party buses down to ball arena this year it's going to be a fun time a couple of awesome ones planned in the future so keep your eyes peeled for those events get in on it come have a great time with us here at dnvr maybe you'll see me take my shirt off who's to say uh <laughs> maybe can we can we pay you not to do that yeah can i venmo you money to not do that yeah sure we can we can start a donation goal of me not taking my shirt off opposition fund created people (laughs) want to see this (laughs) the shorts specifically it can be like the uh uh awesome games done quick with the competing options exactly whoever whoever donates the most money gets to win that prize of he either does it or he doesn't (laughs) If you donate enough, maybe the pants come off. Who's to say? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> please, please don't do this. <laughs> please don't please do don't this. Please don't do this. Either way, support us here at DNVR. If you become a diehard now, you can get a free shirt included with your annual membership. You also get a bunch of other perks, including discounts at the bar, discounts on merch, uh, and first access to some exclusive events. Discounts so. on merch is pretty cool. It's We're getting yeah. into fall, and we have a lot of hoodie options. Yes. So people I'm, need to decide which one their hoodie is, uh, which yep. which one is for them. It's the flag one. It's the best one. I We have like four that I'm like, these are all sick. I Flag one and the like team logo DNVR. The ones. one right behind you? Yeah, that on the hoodie is so good. I, I mean, It looks great. Like the camera can't really see it, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Uh, either way, consider supporting us here at DNVR, or at very least, leave a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. That I would also say, if you become a new member and you have a free shirt, hang on to that. Yeah, we actually have some pretty cool some, shirt some ideas things in the this pipeline, year. For sure, some things of, that we want to work on. I was actually just trying to remember some. We'll talk off air. <laughs> <laughs> 
third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Did want to get a little bit into a season preview here. I know we have those videos, which you should go watch if you want the yeah. Avs roster and things like that. But you come in and do it, AJ, you already mentioned it. It really is a pretty slow schedule to start the season for Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, are they going to be all right? Can they find a rhythm with having two days off on the regular? Do you expect a good start, or is, is maybe a slow start in the cards here for Colorado? Just historically speaking, it's probably a slow start. Yeah. But, I, I, again, I really can't stop feeling like the optimism and the hunger from the guys, from the team, to get on the ice and prove what they can do. I, there's a chip on the shoulder, and... I think that, and especially hearing that Nathan McKinnon is talking to media, then you know Nathan McKinnon is extremely bored. So that dude he's, wants to get on the ice and he's start. He's up. He wants, he wants to start taking some souls. You know, he wants to put some goalies on some highlight reels. And he gets to do it with one of his best friends that he has been reunited with. And I think we're going to see like a happy, angry Nathan McKinnon this year. Is there any other version of Nathan McKinnon? Usually just angry, angry. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So, um, but I, I, I just get this feeling like we're in, we're in for something special from Nathan McKinnon. And we said this last year, and we were right. We saw something pretty special. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that in particular, and I think that that will probably drive them to a better start than we've gotten accustomed. Like it would not surprise me at all if they're eight and two out of the gates. So that's not a slow start at all. No. <laughs> okay. Well, I agree with you. I think they, they right from the get-go, I think they're going after it. I, I do believe this is a big year for them all the way through. You know, all the way through. I'll say it right here. All the way through. Um, I think it'll be an easier path than last year. I think they'll have better luck on the injury front. And I do believe they're, they're a good roster. Obviously, I'm not naive to say Ryan Johansson has proven that he can be the number two center. There's a big you know, question mark there. Obviously, Kadri was a big hole there. But I, besides that, I like this team better. I like this team better than two years ago. Um, I do believe that the hungry factor will come into play, like you said. Mm-hmm. They are hungry. Megan knows. She's been a drink. Um, I've been a drink. It's, you can smell it. You can feel it. I think they can't wait to get started. Yeah. And, and I do believe they're on a mission. And I think they know what their mission is. And I think they know how to attack their mission as management, as coaches, as players. Um, because they've been there two years ago. They know what it entitles. They know what it takes. They know how hard it is. Until you do it, you don't know it. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I do believe that right now they know what they got themselves into. And I do believe that they like the fact that what they added, a lot of, th- a lot of people talk about the additions of Colton, Wood, um, you know, a Tatar, Druin. I'll say it. I'll say it before you say it. Druin's going to get 90 points. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. that. All right. I'm just telling you. So you're asking me for something wild and bold, and, and he's not been one of my favorite players. He's not. But I do believe this year there's going to be something with his old buddy, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to be sentimental. You know, I'm just trying to be realistic. Mm-hmm. I do believe he knows it, and I, I think it's. I think he pops off this year, so I'm excited for it. I did want to. I did want to get to that, which you can add anything to this if you want before we get here. Uh, bold prediction there from everyone. Oh, is this abs related? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but I kind of assume so. Okay. I was just curious. Uh, I'm assuming that's yours, Eric. Yes. 
Doesn't get a lot bolder than that. That's, that's like bold. capital I, letters and bolder. Bold. I feel like mine's not that bold compared to that. Mine, I wasn't even like specific. Mine is, Unav is going to score 60 this year. I don't know if it'll be Mac or Miko, but one of them. Miko. These are bold. <laughs> I feel very on earth now. <laughs> hey, look, I feel like it's just that kind of year. Go hard or go home. I love it. Now I feel like I have to raise the level <laughs> the of my boldness here to whatever I want to pick. Do you have one ready? No. <laughs> well, what I was, what I thought was bold when I walked in today, I think Ryan Johansson's gonna have a thirty goal season. There you go. I like it. Well, that's, I mean, that's pretty similar to my Drew in ninety points. I mean, I, I mean, he's had a thirty goal season before, so All it's right. not like a All huge right. leap here, but right. like. Staying healthy, I think, is the key there. But I think he's going to play in more situations than Avs fans think. And I also, he feels like the forgotten man in the offseason. Like, there's all the he, hype about Duran. Everyone Durant. did kind of just stash Johansson yeah. away. Because, yeah. like, Duran is in the top six, and everybody's like, woo, he's going to play with Mac. Like, the Halifax homies, right? And then, the th- but like, Colton, Tatar, and Wood. It's an entire line of new guys. So it's like, all the shinies are together. And then, like, Ryan Johansson's <laughs> just, like, there. Shinies. <laughs> So uh, yeah, no, I've, I'm I'm guessing that Rijo has a 30 goal season in that bumper spot, and then I think he's going to spend a lot of time next to Miko Ranton in this year, and I think that's going to benefit both of them. It's going to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Chat saying Kale will have 40. Oh, that, wow. Let's get to 30 before we get to 40. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think Georgiev will be a dark horse Vesna finalist. I like it. Let's like go. It. It should have been last year. I'm glad I went with Rijo because that was my other one. Was I was going to go Georgiev related. I couldn't related. tell who's too bold for this room or not. If any one of these hit, you have to feel pretty good about the ab season. Oh Absolutely. my gosh. Each and every one of these is incredible. So, well, I, I mean, I'll show you my bet. I mean, 365. I did pick I did pick Makar. <laughs> it's at plus 2,000. Wow. In the heart. So, I mean, it's a, it's a no-brainer. And I'm not saying McKinnon's not going to win it, but I'm saying... There you go. You want a bold one? My car's going to win the heart. Well, I mean, if you're doing that, I'm telling you, you need to parlay that yeah. with the Norris. Yeah. Because if he's winning the heart, he's obviously winning the Norris. Extra money well, I, I already did the Norris. Yeah, yeah. Might as well I, just put them together and get I, better odds. I so. put the Norris and then, but the heart was like plus 2,000. It's like, Sheesh. yeah, might as well. Why not? I mean, it is good. Because if, if he has a 105-point season, he scores 30, 35 goals. There you go. I, if Connor, like, what does it take would it, for, for Connor McDavid to beat him at that point? Is that 150 points? Because mm-hmm. if he has 130 points and Kale McCarr has, I'm just, we'll just say 105. As a defense, give it to Kale, like, right? Like, there you go. Especially, Same. there's got to be a little voter fatigue going on here with like, oh, if he God, gets 30, McDavid like, again. if, if yeah. a defenseman gets 35 goals yeah. and, and has 105 points, points, how do you and, not and give it to that? 105 guy? points when he's yeah. not getting to sell out on offense like Eric Carlson did yeah, last year, right. where they were like, you are our offense. Completely forget about the entire defensive portion of this and go ham. <laughs> and what he did last year was spectacular. So I'm not trying to take away from it, but also. He didn't have to worry about playing a lick of a two-way game. <laughs> there was no expectation placed on him to do that. And with Kale, he's going to be their number one defenseman on a top cup contending team. He has to, his yes. role is bigger. He will definitely play with better players than what Carlson did last year. But 105 points from Kale this year, it would require him staying healthy or going true God mode, I guess. Yes. But I, that's a... Mm. Spicy. 
I, there's no ceiling to this dude, so I'm not ruling anything. There's no too bold of a take like for it. Kale. All right. Um, the NHL season begins in about 10 minutes, so we're going to wrap this show up. Before we do, though, do check out our season preview videos. We'll have our Central Division predictions dropping tomorrow morning. The Avs play that evening, so be sure to check that out tomorrow morning, too. Uh, look, ton of fun content coming y'all's way. I think... The players certainly seem ready. I think we're all ready for the season to actually get going too. So, dude, so ready. <laughs> it's it's been a after the shortest off season of all time last year. This off season has been long. Yes, because it started after the first round, and we were like, "What do we do with all this time?" <laughs> Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> By the Cup final, I was like, oh, "Hockey God. seriously." <laughs> With Hockey Back, make sure you get your Breckenridge Brewery Avalanche Amber Ales. Highly recommend. You can also get any of their other flavors. Eight different kinds on tap down here at the bar, which, hey, opening night on the road. Why not come down here tomorrow? Grab yourself a beer. Hang out with the gang. Have a good time. I have it on good authority that Eric will say hi to every single person in the bar. (laughs) I do. I love it. (laughs) He has set a preseason expectation to be the social butterfly of our beat. I will be there. So go talk to the actual NHL player mm-hmm. of the beat. Uh, we are out of here for today, though. The next time you will see us live will be pregame for game one of oh the Colorado God. Avalanche. So wow, it's here. It, it's basically here. We appreciate all of y'all. Any last thoughts before I do get out of here? No, mm. no, no. All right. We'll see you on game day. Goodbye. <laughs> You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team, we'll talk about your least favorite team, and everybody in between, and we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.